The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. When I reached out to make a request to have this guest on, I had no idea if she would even have time to do something like this. I'm saying, girl, I just did my last interview on the Peloton. Okay, full sweat. I was trying to, like, take a deep breath and then answer. I have a thing called um, Pedal for My Mental. I actually say that now. Pedal for My Mental. Pedal for My Mental. So it's good. What is this? Interview number like 200 in the last two weeks? Probably around 60. Like, like actually. Like we hit 50. I know we hit 50. And that's just stop counting. My guest this week really needs no introduction. She's a platinum-selling international recording artist. She is Canada's queen of R&B and soul. She's an actor, an activist, and a mentor with too many side hustles to name off the top, but we will get into them. Julie Black is here. How are you? I'm great, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So I have to say, I find this all-star anthem conversation so interesting right now because I think people are just discovering what we're going to call the receipts. I I love you talking about the receipts. Although you've been using your voice like this for years, people are just starting to understand that. You've got a foundation. You're mentoring other women in the business. You're in fitness. You're everywhere. Mm. Was it the pandemic that maybe led you to focus on any of these other projects? Mm. What made you really want to bring out yeah um pre-pandemic actually it was really my mom passing away my mom passing through so 2017 is when uh it kind of i realized that life needed to be 100 meaningful even if it is i'm meaningfully eating doritos it's got to be meaningful uh it's got to feel good to my spirit and my soul i have to actually like desire to do that to do it to be there to take the call to you know, it's all about mean, being meaningful. And so that's when it started, 2017. Uh, 2018, I started to move into the space of kind of musical theater. I started working with a, an organization called uh, the Musical Stage Company. And yeah, and I did uh, my first, the uh, first performance was, um, I believe it was the uncovered Joni Mitchell, Carol King. And I went with like no entourage no i actually showed up by myself i said and this was my mom hadn't been gone for at least even a year yet so i was just exploring using different sides of my voice and i found a family with the musical stage and with the uncovered series i got to do um stevie wonder and prince and then i got to do dolly parton dolly parton so i ended up forming a whole other family there and being a musician and a known singer as like Julie Black, the singer, pretty much most of my life. Uh, this gave me an opportunity to have no pressure and to be part of an ensemble and to contribute more so than be the thing. And so so in that, gaining community, meeting new people, um, getting over having this whole li- limiting belief kind of inner saboteur around not sight reading, not being like I'm, I learned by ear. So I had to get over some of that because the, there's some brilliant singers and musicians in that space that just look at the notes and sing it. And, but then they kind of flipped the compliment back to me saying, your soul, your presence, your energy, your vibe, like you can't learn that at school. So, so that was super cool. So that's kind of how I started to journey into to like, you know, self-worth and really being mindful and wanting to know, like I asked myself the question, like what on earth am I here for? What am I here for? 
you know, and the rest is history. And part of what you just said is the reason why I thought you would just be such a fantastic guest for my podcast. Because, yes, we're talking about, like, the things that we do as our careers. You know, for you, it's music. For me, it's broadcasting and podcasting. But at the same time, you know, what you're putting into those spaces comes from inside, right? And what you're about. And it's amazing to me that even after the career that you've had, you know, you just dropped the year 2017. That's when you really felt like you turned inwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially being a, like someone who was raised in the Christian faith. So there was always a notion of being spiritual, prayer, um, like discernment, intuition. But I realized, especially after my mom left, that I had to establish this for myself. Like I learned all those things. It's like getting this degree, but are you street smart? Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, am I spiritual smart? You know Self smart. I mean? Yeah. Self smart. Seriously. Yeah. You yeah. know, self care. So. so I do want to dive into like the NBA All-Star game. You've loved basketball forever. You've said that to me in an interview before. And here's like the funniest synchronicity of the last few weeks. Um, I had Cynthia Loist on my podcast with uh, Josie Dye. They started a podcast as well. And I do a segment at the end of this where I basically like it's a pay it forward situation. Drop a couple names of women who you think should come on this podcast and tell their stories. So Cynthia Loist brings up you and she's like, Aside from music, 100 Strong and Sexy, her foundation, like that's what Cynthia was saying. This is before you even do the anthem. I'm like, like I'm, not, I'm trying to see if you could see. I'm actually shivering. No, like for real. I got goosebumps. Yeah, like we had no idea that you were about to, you know, take an international stage, national television and drop what you dropped, you know, a couple weekends ago. But I just thought that that was hilarious timing. Shout out to Cynthia. Shout out to my girl, Cynthia. Holla. Going back to, you know, the NBA All-Star Game. So... This feels like something that you maybe manifested. This feels like something that would have been on the bucket list for a really long time. How did it come about? 2019, the Raptors were doing amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in the playoffs. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, Julie, bring some of that soul. <laughs> but I, even if it wasn't the, the, the final game, it was like, we need you to bring some of that energy. So we sent in the videos. I've done the anthems before for Grey Cup, for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, it's like, this is makes sense, you know, and it didn't happen. And I was disappointed. Why didn't it happen? We don't know. We don't know. Like every, all the right players were involved. Everybody that could make the decision heard it was like, the word got back. Like, yeah, yeah, you're in this, it's going to happen. And it didn't happen. And so I was disappointed, but I didn't stay there. And that's my thing too. And this was post mom, right? This 20, mom left 2017. So now I'm a couple years into you know, grief and loss support and what it looks like to let go, what it looks like to surrender, what it looks like to allow. And so my team was even more disappointed than I was. But I was like, okay, I still felt the pinch. Like I'm not one of those spiritual people that's like, oh no, just pray, just pray and it'll be okay. I'm like, no God, what's up? I need me a man. Prayer ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I got needs. A prayer ain't doing it. So, um, so I, but I let it go. 2019. Let it go. Kept going. 100 Strong and Sexy was like, just birthed. Needed my full attention. Um, I was recording still, but I hadn't, I was, didn't have a record deal. I still don't. I'm independent. So I was just kind of, the music thing was kind of like, mm, not really sure. And... As the universe would have it, it's one big conspiracy. <laughs> Everything that happens is one big conspiracy. December, just a couple months ago, based on that 2019 submission and all of those co-signs, and a lot of those people that put my name forward don't even work for the NBA anymore. 
don't work for the Raptors anymore, but I was ready. And I was ready mentally because I didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen with indigenous rights, indigenous perspectives, and, you know, the, the recovering remains, all of the things. We didn't know where that was, that was even coming around the bend. Cause that's like 2020, 2021 vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So between that gap, I stopped singing the anthem. They asked me to sing the anthem for on Parliament Hill. I was co-hosting. I said, no, I will co-host. I'll do my own song. I'll do all, all the other things. So it's funny. Yeah. Right. And when I have like my, one of the uh, members of my team, Roy Perot, he's indigenous, but we never spoke about his lived experience until Black Lives Matter. So we've been working together over 10 years and we've been journeying through life, not talking about, this is the whole thing about the BIPOC that I can't stand. I didn't look down to the bi- to the eye and be like, what's up indigenous? How's it going? They're not really looking down to the people of color saying what's good. And the people of color aren't really looking back. So there's no real communication on that line. Hmm. That hotline is, is not, it's, it's not, not that hot. hot. <laughs> not that hot. <laughs> it's a cold line. So just life happened in a way where we were through sheer necessity forced through the pandemic, to your point, to sit and see and feel. And here we are. And here we are. So I also love just to go back to, you know, the flip of this story in 2019. It feels even better that it happened on an American stage all these years later. And you're like, hey, remember me? Didn't go away and now I'm ready. Yeah. And I, I can look back and say, you know, so the grief was so, like, grief, it comes in waves. So anybody who's listening who lost a loved one, it's, you know, you just got to jump, you jump on that surfboard, basically, and you ride it, right? It's going to be a, a forever ride. And so, it, but when, if I think back, it was so raw and so fresh, and I just didn't really know how to navigate life without mom. Mom's been there my whole life. She yeah. was there my whole life, right? And so, and even just the mindset around, trauma and bitterness. I was in a very toxic relationship with somebody who was a, like put his face beside narcissism. Okay. In, like real talk, do you know what I mean? So unlearning some of the behaviors that I started to pick up trying to love this person, you know? And so, yeah, I would have pulled it off and I would have done well, that's what I do. I'm a master at singing and many things, but I wouldn't have been present my mind wouldn't have been there. I would have been thinking, uh, is he okay? Where is he at? Is he is he jealous? Does he feel good about it? It's just all that foolishness, right? So Yeah, 2019 was not the right moment. This was the right mm-hmm. moment, 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've shared a lot on social media about your experience over the last few weeks, the good and the bad. Um, there was a post just yesterday that you know I pulled up before the interview just to read through the email that you got um just to read a a tiny bit here you're proud to be a jamaican but you have lived in canada for the past 45 years do you know why because deep down inside you know that jamaica is a crime infested drug infested shithole filled with uncivilized jungle monkeys you blacks need to move to and live in white countries in order to have a higher quality of life and better standard of living i'm gonna stop right there Mm -hmm. what's going through your mind as you're reading this fucking email (laughs) right um one, I, it just so happened that I saw that email because my EA is not feeling well. And so I'm very hands-on. I'm like, let me check her box. Let me see if there's any emails that I need to see and bring bring forward. And so that's why I caught that email. So that's even that conspiracy. A fluke. No, total fluke. We're a week later. Yeah. Total fluke. There's other emails and they, they're, they're keeping them to themselves. And so when I first saw the word Julie, I was like, oh, it's to me. 
that's why I kept reading. Sure, of course. Right? And I think as adults, we kind of know there's, there's those energies out there. There's cruelty, there's wickedness. We live in this world. However, when someone could take the time to find that email, whether they guessed or not, because that's not a, it's not attached to my website, and compose something so mean, but also so cliche. Some of two minds. Right, yeah. Right? It's like you find every stereotype, every cliche. When I'm not even born in Jamaica. I'm born in Canada. And I just wanted to, as I read through, I did feel the pinch. I'm not Teflon. Like certain things, the, the Twitter trolls that I, I literally laugh. They're so stupid. I call them like, I just call them keyboard gangsters. <laughs> so you're there, you know, whatever. Something about this one, I just had to post this one. I don't typically post all the foolishness. But people are in denial, especially like my, my American friends and family. They really <laughs> think Canada has no racism. Like really. Like, actually, like, you're so multicultural. You listen to each other's music. You eat each other's food. A Canadian wrote that email. Thanks. <laughs> you sit, you stand on the street corner. Like, I remember I was my former band members from there from America. And they come here and be like, what? And on one street corner, it's Asian, South Asian, black, white, same street corner. And their, their minds were blown. And I felt so good. I'm like, yeah, this is Canada, yo. This yeah. is how we do. Like, wake up, Canada. Wake up, world. Mm-hmm. This is also how they do. Mm-hmm. So right. did you send an email back to that person or did you just decide yeah. to, yeah? That person sent nine more emails. Oh, my God. And they're attaching, they're on a mission. They've attached promoters, TV people. So much time. So much time. So much time. They must be still on the CERB because I don't know. You ain't got no job. What's going on? <laughs> Jeez. You got a damn job. But anything that comes your way that's like this, I imagine you're pretty quick to spin it into something good. What's something good that's come out of the last 24 hours in those nine emails? Oh, my goodness. To see the support, people audibly like rallying around me. Um, we got you all races. You know what I mean? That's the thing, too. It's not like, okay, it's just the black community saying, yo, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Like really overwhelmed. I've had quite a few cries in, in yeah. of joy. Yeah. You know, and it's so interesting because hmm, this is where I'm this is where my spirituality comes into play. Cause my prayers were God, please have this conversation continue so that there is a dial being moved, so that beyond the flip of the one word. Like, look what's happening in the news. Like, the timing. If you go back, for those who are listening, you can do your fact check. If you go back five years, what happened with Jeannie Becker and Canada Reads? I was defending an Indigenous book, The Marrow Thieves by Cherie Demoline. And at that time, um, Prime Minister Trudeau basically got flipped the bird by the Pope because they weren't going to apologize to Indigenous Canadians for residential school and all the things. Like, it was like, nope, we're not doing it. Sorry. Five years later... Here we are again. This time, a week ago, there's a recovery of a, of a jawbone of a child. They find in Saskatchewan, more unmarked graves. They're finding in BC, more unmarked graves. I can't plan this. Oh, it's a publicity stunt with who? <laughs> yeah. Really? I'm, I'm good. I'm, if, if that's like, I need to start an agency for publicity stunts. If it's, uh, come on. 
So I feel like I feel like there's I, I'm protected and even in that spiritual space for I often say Jamaicans say this and, and anyone listening, you can have this. They say, don't let your angels get fat. Put them to work. They can be chilling. Got work to do. They can be everywhere all the time, everywhere. They don't have to play no, no plane tickets, no bus fare, nothing. So I believe mummy was like walking down heaven's hallway saying, hey, protect my girl. And we got work to do. But this ain't done. And we got work to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love all the like little things. Because, you know, this story with you and the anthem, it's it's everywhere, all over, every outlet. The world. Right? All over the world. Yes. Coming out of the anthem, because you're everywhere in the news right now, and using like your platforms, your followings, your audience for good. What are you working on now? What's coming? What's coming up next? I know what's next is what's now. I'm being very, very present. Very, very present. I'm, I have concerts that's been on the schedule, keynotes that's been on the schedule because we're coming out of Black History Month into Women's Month, mm-hmm. right? So it's 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 this is like this is my it's like going to Candles Wonderland, like Universal Studios. This is my I probably the most fun I have. The time in this time of year when it comes to especially the like community and connecting with women it's kind of the sweet spot and thank you connecting with all oh, it's my play are you kidding me listen man each one teach one better together building bridges all of it yeah and um so yeah the, but what's interesting this is some tea so there's i won't name the parties but there's been some political parties mm-hmm. that have reached out offering all types of money for me to come and sing my version of the anthem and do a couple songs and take photos. So imagine now, this is where wisdom comes into play. Yeah, which is the this right is where, moves, yeah. Yeah, the right moves. It's like, there's no way they want, trying to put bills forward. It can't be the Julie Black bill. It has to be, it has to come through and buy an ind- indigenous person and of someone course. that's in the ranks. But even the mindset around, it's still, look at that. They're going to skip over going to the community, the indigenous community, and come to me. Mm-hmm. Like, even that's all kinds of wrong. Going back to your colleague you mentioned, what was his name, the indigenous fellow? Roy Perot. I mean, you shared on socials that someone close to you told you how much it meant to them, um, that you acknowledged that in the anthem. Was that that? Was that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. 
Well, here we are a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. There are people who don't like those lines crossed that we sort of talked about, that they want to keep those communities separate. My, my lived experience is nothing like this person. You have just, in the last few weeks, put this conversation to an absolute, like, don't even, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so now that we're talking about, you know, International Women's Day and Women's History Month and Black History Month, we're, we're actually recording on the last day of Black History Month right now. Um, how can women and female identifying people come together for discussions like this without thinking of people as others? Mm. Wow, that's an awesome question. How can we, gonna, I, we're going to we need to lead with vulnerability. Number one, like bring your vulnerability to the table and bring your ego to the table too. Mm. So it, you, we need to... We need to almost feel the better then to realize we're not. Hmm. It's so interesting because the ego plays a, it can play a good role. It's a very, it tells you a lot about It's a self-preservation almost sometimes too. Yeah. And we need that too. We need that too. Um, I think that it doesn't have to be, I often say I wouldn't trade the one for the 99. Some people think that we need every seat at the table to be filled. It's the right people sitting at the table. Mm-hmm that's willing to listen, learn, and take action, right? And then take what we've learned. It's like, I'm going to go back to my faith. It's like being a disciple. So we're together, we're journeying, and then we have to disperse into our perspective communities. Mm-hmm. And even, and, and be like, okay, this is, what, this is what I learned. Who's about it? Even if it's one, let's go back, going back in with one more. Early in your career, where was the first time you remember finding community? Because you were like super young when you started. Yeah, I was super young. The first time I found community, I was 16 years old in a program called Fresh Arts. I love how you didn't even have to think about it. You knew right away. I knew right away. Knew right away. Fresh Arts. It was a program that was implemented by um, actually Bob Ray's administration. Huh? And <laughs> it was called Joy, Jobs Ontario Youth. And I left the Jane French community uh, every day in the summer, it was my first time going downtown. Cause that's a whole other thing about certain neighborhoods where they, the way it's the way urban development works. <laughs> it's like your school, your church, your mall, everything's there. You don't have to leave. Yeah. So you don't have perspective, but I was able to leave and take a bus, a train and a streetcar downtown to high park. I didn't know what a high park was <laughs> yeah. and meet all these people and who are in art and who was in, you know, even Director X came out of that program. Debbie Young came out of that program. Cardinal, Socrates, Chauclair, like you name it. But we didn't have alias. I wasn't Julie Black yet. I was Julianne and Dara Gordon. <laughs> you know, we, Cardinal was, was Jason Harrow. So I found community in a way that was so inspiring. I asked my mom to transfer schools to Oakwood Collegiate. 
and they let me. They let me. The school system, like you can't, you, you can't even make that stuff up. Mm-hmm. Where it, it became so cool to get nineties, I was like, I'm good with a good seventy-eight. Give me a seventy-five, I'm good. So, you know, I realized at a young age and, and through that experience that you are a product of your environment. You absolutely are. Many of my siblings have diabetes. I, I, I you know, I'm an open book, but I, but I eat differently. I live differently. So it's not genetic, it's habit, it's environment. It's what, what you think you have to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm change your thoughts, change your life. So that's where I first, I answered directly. Fresh Arts, 1994, 1994, pardon me, not 96, 1994. And that's where it was. And I can see in all the work that you're doing, like, I mean, you take a quick scan of your LinkedIn or your website or whatever, right? And there's foundations, there's groups, there's, you are empowering other women you're mentoring other women too mm-hmm. um with julie black entertainment the way it read to me anyway was like you're maybe trying to help that young julie black who's trying to figure out the career steps am i reading that right kind of like a mentorship situation oh yeah yeah because so this is the thing so yeah i was i got my first record deal at 14 years old mm-hmm. and at that time, my frontal lobe wasn't even developed, so whatever. All the things. <laughs> you say that all the time. I love it. I, yeah, yeah. The frontal, the frontal cortex, man. It's hey, blame it on the frontal lobe, not being there. Um, but I, I realized the power in learning your business, understanding your business. It doesn't have to be that you know it all all the way through, but if somebody were to not show up for a couple hours or for a day, could you could you will your business go under? And I learned this from a woman um, named Margaret who used to own the Silk Road, Taste of the Silk Road on Danforth. And I'm, I'm saying this because inspiration doesn't have to come through the channels you think mm-hmm. and mentorship and motivation. She was the owner of that restaurant, packed, awesome, used to go there all the time. Her cook quit on her, uh. but her grandfather taught her how to cook every meal on the menu. And that one, she didn't miss a beat. She was cooking and serving. End of the day, which I stayed, I always stayed till closing. And I was like, man, it's packed today. And you're just, and she told me the story. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that she, she knows she's going to have help tomorrow. But today she had to do it herself. And that's what JBEI, J- Julie Black Entertainment Inc., that's what it stands for. You don't have to do it well. Just be able to do it. Would you say that you're working with, um, you know, some younger women who aren't necessarily even going the music direction? absolutely yeah. yeah okay oh yeah especially in the social media space yeah and content creation space so everybody films me i film myself you can follow my socials there there are women in particular who especially in 100 strong and sexy who are going through their self-love journey their self-acceptance journey and in that you know it's like one in particular she really wants to be a, do content creation and but she's like i don't i don't look the part i'm like what do you don't look the part you, you don't need to look apart like what are you talking <laughs> you about? are the part yeah you are the part and just to make a long story short her inner voice and her online voice is so funny she's like she's like chelsea handler meets carol burnett <laughs> meets me like it's unreal <laughs> And so I was like, okay, okay so you want to you want to do this together? And she's like, what? So that's what I mean. Like, there's different ways that being Julie Black has empowered other people that think they'll never be able to work with me or have me as a client, or whatever. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. There's also another woman in particular. She's not younger than me. She's maybe a year younger than me, but she's in a wheelchair. She's differently abled, and I have a step club. You know, from yeah. the power of step. And she said her mom used to bring her 
to the step classes in the 80s, but park her wheelchair and the mom would do her thing and then take her home. But my sister has, is differently abled, Maria. And so I watched my sister. She walks with crutches. crutches. She's born with a condition called arthrogryposis, the webbing of the hands or the feet. So she's always walked with crutches. And it's like a baby being born and you're not giving them meat and they never, they don't miss meat. They're like a vegan baby. Like no one knows, right? right. So I didn't see my sister as different. She was my, she's my sister. Mm-hmm. So when I met Simone, she's, she was comfortable, comfortable with me saying her name. I was like, you need to join the step club. She's like, I can't walk. <laughs> like you need to join the step club. Your hands could work. And it's been two years of her being in the step club. And she showed her mom the video recently. Right. Oh. She's like, mom, look. Yeah. Choreography full on. Full. I'm shivering. I'm, yeah. I'm like tearing up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man. For someone just to think of you as a singer is a crime. Like you <laughs> look at what you have. Yeah. Julie Black is an empire, Thank basically. Thank you. So Tons of young people learning from you, working with you. What about something you've learned? Flip that script a little bit. What have you learned from a younger person? Oh my goodness. Working in that environment. Yeah. So I shout outs to Savannah Ray, to Jesse Reyes. You know, those two in particular who I watched be in the similar program. Like I was in Fresh Arts. They came out of the remix program. Yeah. And it's parallel programs, only ours was way before technology and social media, et cetera. But I watched these two young ladies really focus on their storytelling and honing their craft as a writer and singer. And so this is like in my day, so to speak, I'm so, you know, I still consider myself young. You kind of have to choose a lane. It's like, are you a writer or are you a singer? And you look at even people like Celine Dion who didn't write, but she's a brilliant singer, right? So it's kind of like, so I watched them tell their stories, be totally their, their music, it was so raw and real. And that's what, it kind of inspired my last album, Three Rocks in a Slingshot, where I was like, okay, we're going to swag it out. And I'm going to start a song saying, stay out my business. You don't, you never pay shit. Like lyrically, I was a lot more open Daring. to how I, yeah, how I speak in my everyday life and not being like, oh no, the, the Christians are going to think I'm going to go burn in hell. Like they've helped me become <laughs> yeah. way more free. That's so cool. I hope Jesse Reyes and and Savannah know that. That's cool. Maybe you'll nominate them at the end. Hey, hey. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the the comment you made, not having a label right now, I mean, you just let that roll off your shoulder and whatever. But I know as someone who works in this business that I'm sure that's something you're thinking about. What are the things that need to align for where your music goes next? Mm, That's a great question. Um... (sighs) Yeah, I've been without a label. This is my 10th year, actually. Yeah, and it's like, do you need one at this point? I want one. I've always been my own label. So that's what people don't know. I've owned my master's. Good. Since the beginning. Um, I've always had my imprint, Julie Black Entertainment Inc., since 2003. So I'm 20 years in. Um, I want one in the right way. So it's like, I'm not going to the river and washing my, my drawers. I have a washing machine. Yeah. I throw it in there. And there comes a time where you I do desire a little more ease and and infrastructure and a team that is not paid out of my pocket, but they're on salary to do the things, to align with my in-house team. Mm. So I'm not the anti, I'm like, oh yeah, indie, indie. Indie's cool, but indie's a lot of work. Yeah. And where every win is a win. That's the only thing I could say about 
being independent for all these years, where before there was there was a bit of a gradation, a hierarchy, a big interview, a small interview, a big. There's no big and small here, people. Everything's big. Mm. Everything's big, and um, but I would like to. I would, I would like to, to align with an international label. Um, that's aligning with the right brands because it's a different day. Like you could be, I could be signed to, I don't know, Nabisco Records. I could be signed to Cheerios <laughs> Records. It just depends. It's just distribution. Like that's my business savvy. Yeah. But if they're, and actually Arlene Dickinson's one of my business mentors and she helped me realize, Hey, if you're going to put a song, you could put a song, a download QR code on 50,000 bottles of wine. And you've just scanned 50,000 singles. So I've, I've been, and this is in the recent past. I'm like, okay, so who do I want to be the male, the male person mm-hmm. used to deliver the music? So Interesting. about it, about it. And you're embracing like new ideas, new technology, right? Like this business moves so fast. So, you know, it's cool. Oh it's cool that you're, you know, you're very open-minded about all that stuff that maybe you haven't touched before, which is cool. Too. Oh yeah. Like TikTok for the longest, I was like protesting. I'm like, I'm <laughs> I can't do TikTok. TikTok. I can't. This is another thing. And I'm going to name her Jen Harrison. Jen Harrison is the one that's lady I'm working with on the social media. And she's like, just don't take yourself serious. Think about TikTok as a snack. Think about it as like, it, it's chips. It's pizza. Like it's a, just, and you know, just kind of put it over there. And so she sent me a sound. That's the one. If you go on my TikTok, is where I have the shower cap on, and I'm like, I do this, this voiceover thing, and that thing has almost seven hundred thousand views. You're like, all right, if this is my snack, it's fine. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think too many of us, especially in a certain age group, like, okay, I'm in my forties. So what? Now all of a sudden, what? What am I? What am I? I'm no more fun. Like no more. I feel like I'm just getting started. I like, feel I'm that way too. Be, and to like, right? to your point about the the label piece, right? Like. If you're going to join a label, labels need to see that you are in this beginning, not an end. That's right. That's right. Forget this whole <laughs> Hall of Fame. Grateful for the Walk of Fame. Of course. Grateful I'm getting inducted, especially for the culture. And congrats. You know, but I'm just getting started. Imagine someone who now is like secure in my skin, you know, have financial literacy, you know, taking care of my mental health. But like, this is the, this is the time to start. Yeah. Yeah. Now- in the last like few years, you know, left a relationship that was not working for me. I heard a lot of myself. Oh, you too? Yeah. You too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were recapping my life. Okay, girl. <laughs> yeah. I heard a lot of similarities in what you were saying about feeling like very in your own skin right now compared to then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something women don't talk about as they're going through these changes like behind the scenes is how it actually affects their their business, their work ethic, all of those things, the energy, the exhaustion of going through like a breakup. How can women better support each other with those things too? Because we're, we're used to locking it up and throwing it out. I think we have to be more prepared to risk it all in the friendship than, than ever. Like I wish some of my girlfriends had said to me, you're losing yourself. Who are like, you? Like, even if it offends your friend in that moment, if, they'll thank you later. Like, even if I'm like, yo, fuck off. Like, a true friendship, will it'll it'll stand the test of time. Such a good like, way to I'll, put it. Cause, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's, to me, I look at it like being in a courtroom and someone says something out of turn so that the jury could hear it. And they say objection and they say, okay, it's, they, they, they let, the judge lets them object, but the jury still heard it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
We need to say it to each other so at least we still heard it. We got goosebumps again. <laughs> no, for real. I feel like you need to write a song from the perspective of the courtroom, but uh, as a relationship. That's so interesting. So that could be a good video. That's Ooh. a good video. Right? Hello. And then on the flip side, because I do have some friends who are married and all the things. And there comes a time where you know that they've chosen all of it for the forever. And you need to step out of it and be able to, to compartmentalize your friendship. Because at one point I was wrapping up my friendship with that marriage and everything saying, yo, you know what? You are staying in that toxicity and I can't. And I was like, you know, I was taking on too much. I had to take some space, recalibrate and say, okay, I'm not married to you and your, your partner. I'm not friends with you and your partner. How do we now start a brand new friendship? Because it's, it's, it's like the ingredients are different, especially when there's, when something happens. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, how do we start from here? So that we could build into our 70s, 80s, 90s, 50s, 60s, and not be thinking about the infidelity and all the foolishness that, you know, we had put up with. Right. Well, I know that you are like the most sought after person for an interview right now, so I can't thank this you true. enough. This is true. Thank you. This is true. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for this. But um, yeah, to, to wrap, uh, if you want to nominate a couple women to come on this podcast, that would be fantastic. 500%. People I love. I, I'm, I'm going to nominate three people. Do it. Okay, I'm going to nominate four. Okay. Okay, so it's your pick. First nomination is a woman named Lisa Washington. Okay. She's the first black. Canadian, um, Jamaican, WNBA agent. She's Fuck, played yes. a big role, big role in getting me to this all-star break. But what she has gone through and is still experiencing as now an NBA agent and a mother, married, kids, divorced, self-made millionaire, in the boardrooms with the West Halls and blah, blah, blah. Like her? maintaining her femininity but then still having the balls up when she needs to all the, look at her shivering <laughs> oh, Lisa L-E-I-S-A Lisa Washington okay contact, I'll give it to you okay awesome for sure um Savannah Ray 100% Savannah Ray she's doing all the things now yeah but I what bugs me about our industry is that people jump on when they're when they see the algorithm when they see the shine when they're seeing the what happened before the record deal. What happened? Like again, the receipts. The receipts. Definitely, Jesse Reyes too. Jesse Reyes. Um, she's so awesome. Her story is unbelievable, and I still speak to them behind the scenes. So our relationship is not public. It's one of those. Yeah. Did you eat? Did you drink water? How's your parents? Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That type of thing. Um, I'm gonna stop there at three. Those three. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. And honestly, huge kudos too. It's been amazing watching what you've done. Thank you. I got to say big thanks to Charlotte, Shelby, and Dana over at Red Umbrella PR for making this conversation happen. And like Julie said, I think the takeaway here is let this conversation continue. Before I tell you who's up next on the podcast, I did want to mention, and perhaps you've seen me posting about this on social media, I'm working on an e-blast list, which basically means um, a home where I can give you my take on big stories 
that affect women and female identifying members of the media. Maybe some exclusive content, links and resources that support the things that I'll be talking about in the newsletter. If you would be down to join my e-club, please send your email to at Women in Media Pod on socials in a DM, or you can email me, womeninmediapod at gmail.com. More on that in the coming weeks, but next up on the Women in Media podcast, Farah Nasser, an award-winning journalist with Global National, as nominated by her colleague and one of my best friends, Morgan Campbell. More with Farah in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.